feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, lots of details coming out as Grand Central Terminal has now been shut down due to protesters. There is very limited access to Grand Central because protesters by the thousands pro-Palestinian protesters march through the streets. The Grand Central Terminal will remain closed uh, for another few hours, according to the MTA. And this is after thousands of protesters marched from Columbus Circle, marched there and elsewhere, blocking lots of streets. This also comes as Columbia University becomes the first university, it seems, in America to finally take some action on some of the hate-filled speech and actions that have come from some of these protests, suspending two pro-Palestinian groups. Here's a little sound earlier this week from some of the chants that were coming from some of these protests all over the country. Guilty, guilty as tensions are riding high. They are criticizing President Joe Biden, and it seems like anyone who is voicing any support for Israel. And we're going to be talking a lot about that tonight, because boy, is there much to talk about. And that's not all. This is an extraordinary move. The FBI agents have now seized New York Mayor Eric Adams' electronic devices. This is an enormous deal, because It's a very rare, highly unusual move that you would actually seize the phone and the iPads, which they did apparently earlier this week when he was walking out of a speech. And they then went into the SUV with the mayor and seized his devices. This is an unbelievable moment. The mayor of the biggest city in the United States to suddenly be confronted a surprise confrontation by the FBI on the streets of New York. It didn't come out until there was a report in the New York Times. He didn't announce it. Other people didn't announce it. There are so many details on this case. And in just a moment, we are going to speak to New York One, host of Inside Politics, also an attorney, great political guru, Errol Lewis, uh, who knows all the latest details on this case that is rocking the political world. I mean, this is enormous, enormous news. So first off, here is Mayor Eric Adams earlier in the week. And this is what he said at a press conference. Now, by the way, he did not announce that he had been approached by the feds and they demanded access to his items. Then they obviously took them, they copied them, they reproduced them, then they returned the items. All of that happened before he made these statements earlier this week. Tonight he is saying that he is not hiding anything, that he just wasn't really asked about some of those things. I guess reporters should have said, hey, were you approached by the feds on Monday? But listen to this. This is Mayor Eric Adams earlier this week. I would be shocked if 
someone states that our campaign coordinated in illegal behavior. And joining us now to discuss the extraordinary step of the FBI seizing New York City Mayor Eric Adams' electronic devices is New York One TV's Errol Lewis. He's the host of Inside City Hall. He's also an attorney and I think one of the best political experts out there. Um, Errol, your reaction to this big news? Oh, well, I mean, look, Rita, it's 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 huge. It's it's really important. Um, it's uh, something I've never seen. You know, I mean, I've been doing this for about 40 years. I've never seen anything like this. Um, the mayor's devices were taken from him by the FBI. They told the mayor's security detail to step aside, apparently, and then took his, his devices. And this happened on Monday. So for a full five days, the mayor never said anything about it, including at an off topic uh, press availability, a press conference where he had said he would answer all questions about it and had been asked if he was worried about uh, wiretaps on his phone, which would have been, of course, the exact moment to say, oh, by the way, the FBI took my phone several days ago. Uh, but, he, but he never disclosed that. And, uh, of course, lots of people are wondering why. So there are a lot of questions about what is clearly a very serious matter. And, Errol, you talked about how suddenly the FBI, it came, what, it was a Monday night. He was leaving a speech, I think, right at NYU. Kind of walk about the scene of how this went down. Yeah, well, here's what was reported. Uh, The mayor was at an event at NYU, came outside, and uh, was uh, greeted by or encountered the uh, FBI. The federal agents told the mayor's detail to step aside got into his SUV, the mayor's vehicle, with him and took two cell phones from him and I believe later also took an iPad from him and held on to those devices for uh, a couple of days and gave them back to him on Wednesday. So all of this apparently was, in, according to the campaign, was in conjunction with an investigation, an ongoing investigation uh, about possible wrongdoing in how the money was raised, whether or not illegal contributions were made to the 2021 campaign that elected elected Eric Adams as mayor. That's and frankly, we don't know a whole lot more about it than that. Well, we do know also. Uh, remember Brianna Suggs, of course. Uh, that's uh, you know his main fundraiser on his campaign. Her home was raided. Walk about. Walk us through this because boy, it's been like whiplash the last two weeks. Yeah, this is true. It was last week on Thursday, um, early in the morning. The 25 year old main fundraiser for Mayor Adams. Uh, I got a knock on the door, basically, and there was a group of federal agents there, and they took a number of electronic devices from her home, as as well as apparently at least one folder uh, with the name Eric Adams on it. So uh, we don't know what that is about, uh, but we know it was sufficiently jarring to the mayor and to his people that the mayor at that time, that same morning, was in Washington, D.C., where he was scheduled to meet with the chief of staff to President Biden and make the case for the help that New York needs to deal with the waves of migrants who have been coming here. And rather than have that meeting, the mayor went directly back to the airport and flew back to New York. Um, he, he's never really been clear about why he did that or what he did after rushing back to New York. But I think we have a better sense now that this was a much bigger deal than they let us know last week. Uh, and clearly the federal agents who, after all, have to get a warrant signed by a judge, they have to get approval from a court in order to do things like go into the fundraiser's home and take uh, financial uh, financial records and electronic devices, and certainly to confront the mayor and take his electronic devices, 
um, that that's real serious stuff. They have to have probable cause. They've got to get it confirmed by a federal court. Uh, and they've got to make a, a showing that there's probable cause to believe that a crime has been committed. Now, nobody has said that the mayor has committed a crime, and he says that over and over again, and he does, in fact, have that presumption of innocence. But it's still pretty serious stuff. The FBI doesn't move that way and just grab the cell phone of the mayor of New York City uh, lightly. Like I said, I've never, I've never heard of that happening for any of the last five mayors before Eric Adams. Yeah, that is exactly. As soon as I saw this, Errol Lewis, my jaw dropped and I thought, wow, this is this is really extraordinary. And just as you said, and you're an attorney, Errol, too. So, you know, there's the steps that a judge gets it and they see, OK, oh, my gosh, you're going to go after the mayor of New York City. You would mm. think that they feel like there's something there uh, that at least they're investigating tied to somebody else or him or whatever it is. That's a big step, right? Oh, yeah, sure. It's a big step. And look, frankly, it's it's implicitly ratified or or at least uh, the the mayor's silence on this tells you that there is something there you know this whole question about where there's smoke there may or may not be fire well this sounds like like pretty serious smoke if the mayor never said anything about it and he had no reason to uh, keep quiet about it I mean these kind of things always come out which in this case is exactly what happened so rather than be proactive and maybe explain to the public what might have happened, uh, he chose to, to remain silent. Now, uh, in their explanation today, one of the mayor's campaign attorneys said that they discovered somebody had done something improper. And I think they were just that vague. They didn't say who the person was or what improper even means, and that they brought that to the attention of the federal investigators as well. So I'm not sure if that's relevant. I don't know if it's a distraction. I don't know if it's a defense. But um, there's there's they they themselves are acknowledging that something improper happened in relation to this campaign and that that's partly why the the FBI and the federal investigators are looking into all of this. And this is all tied to Turkey, a construction company, at least the Brianna Suggs part explains sort of they're looking into straw donors, right? Yeah, well, yeah, what um, was reported about last week's arrival at the home of the fundraiser is that the warrant, which some reporters got access to and got to see, the warrant specifies or lays out, you know, kind of what the FBI is looking for and why. And part of the why, apparently, that was reportedly listed in this warrant is that there's a belief that foreign nationals may have contributed money to the campaign. And that's illegal. That's illegal in every jurisdiction in the country. Foreign money cannot go into American elections. Period. Federal law. There's no exceptions. You, you just can't do it. And so uh, that apparently is what they were looking for. There's also a possibility that there were what are called straw donors, meaning you get an eight to one match if you meet certain criteria in making a donation to a New York City politician running for a city office. And one of those criteria is that it has to be a small contribution. So what some people do is They'll actually make a bigger contribution by breaking it up and pretending that five people gave money when, in fact, it's just one person's money. Uh, This comes up almost every election cycle. And this one might not be an exception. It sounds like um, there's at least an investigation or an allegation or a possibility that something like that happened here as well. And the mayor has hired uh, Errol Lewis of some big money attorneys, private firm, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Wilmer Hale. It's a big, big corporate attorney. In fact, you know, what's interesting is the uh, the person who used to be the counsel to the mayor, uh, Brenda McGuire, uh, is who he hired, who's now in private practice. So uh, 
He had been working at City Hall as a legal assistant to the mayor. He's now in private practice. The mayor went back to him, uh, hired him. It'll probably, I imagine, be paid for with campaign money. Um, But, you know, that's what we call lawyering up. And you don't hire somebody from a firm like that uh, just because you think you might have a traffic ticket or something. It's, It's real serious stuff. So everything about this just keeps ratcheting up the seriousness level of it from the mayor racing from Washington to get back here and then not really explaining why to uh, him not disclosing that the FBI has seized his phone to the fact that the FBI did seize his phone to the later admission from the campaign that somebody did something improper to the mayor lawyering up. Um, You know, it's really been quite a week. And of course, what the great fear from some politicians that I've spoken to so far is that he's dealing with all of this personal stuff on these legal issues and not with the business of the city. Yeah, there's and there boy is a lot between, you know, the economic issues, the migrant issues. Um, Errol Lewis, finally, what about the political ramifications? Because um, this is, you know, not an election year right now. I'm speaking of 2023 uh, for the mayor, but... Um, is there already a talk of someone being primary? And I saw that you guys in New York won. You had uh, folks at the Somos conference where a lot That's of people right. are. That's right. Yeah, look, there's, there's two kinds of seasons in New York politics. One is the election season, and then one is the preparation for the election season. <laughs> right. So people, are, people are always raising money. People are always making alliances and, and making plans. Uh, we spoke with Senator Jessica Ramos, who um, does not mind being uh, uh, discussed as a possible challenger to the mayor. In fact, she was talking about challenging the mayor in 2025, even before all of this happened. I spoke with her earlier tonight, and she said this really only confirms what she already believed, which uh, this administration has some problems and there need to, there needs to be discussions about whether or not it's time for a change. So already uh, there is already sense of, well, uh, maybe he's vulnerable. Uh, yeah. I, I would say, by the way, that a lot of that talk is probably premature at this point. Right, um, right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of this information is only a few hours old. And you know how this works, Rita. It's going to take uh, days and maybe even weeks for this information to be uh, confirmed and filtered out to the public and have it take hold. And then and only then will the people who matter, meaning the voters of New York City, only then will they start to, I guess, make up their minds about whether this is important, whether this is disqualifying, whether this is indeed reason to start thinking about uh, a change at City Hall. Uh, all of that takes time. Yeah, it sure does. And in the meantime, of course, the mayor says he has nothing to hide. Uh, let's see where this goes. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Errol Lewis, the great host of New York One's Inside City Hall attorney and also a political guru. Thank you for joining us uh, here on the Rita Cosby Show on this big, huge news night. Thanks, Errol. Great to be with you, Rita. Wow, very interesting. Thank you so much, Errol. When we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. What do you make of this? This is so extraordinary to have the mayor of the biggest city in the United States, one of the most high-profile mayors, one 800 Is this a fishing expedition? Is it more? Is it tied to politics? What's behind all of this? We'll discuss it when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. 
saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. talking about this very big news that now the feds have seized the iPad and the cell phones of Mayor Eric Adams. And it's a big deal because, as you just heard, Errol joining us and describing how it happened, that he was leaving a speech at NYU. Suddenly, FBI came upon his security team and said, uh, basically, uh, stand back. Uh, the feds are here. And then they followed him into an SUV, and that's where they grabbed the phones, later grabbing the iPad. This comes after his main fundraiser last week also had a home raid from the feds. Again, he says he has nothing to hide. Uh, It is just at this point a search, but it sure looks like big news and clearly uh, it is something tied to the mayor because that is an extraordinary move to have a judge sign off on something like this. Wow, wow, wow. Let's go to Robert, line five. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I'll never forget Adams in front of the state Senate. The first time he showed up there. Show me the money. That's what it's about. Sounding like a stick up kid. Ah, so you think that uh, you think that where there's smoke, there's fire. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Even if he didn't know there were illegal campaign contributions, it's still going to affect him. He could be in trouble for that. Yeah, you, you never know, just like you said. And apparently, though, what was interesting, what Errol said is that they've turned over some information of illegality not connected to them, but that they discovered. So there's something interesting here. We'll have more after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Queens, New York, where two NYPD officers are being hailed as heroes after rescuing a man who fell onto subway tracks with a train approaching the station in Queens. It happened last weekend, and two NYPD officers, Jonathan Valley and David Cronarty, were assigned to the mobile force field post at the station when they saw a male fall off the platform onto the tracks of a southbound train. When the train was approaching the station, one of the officers jumped onto the tracks and grabbed the man. Timing is everything, and thankfully, with the help of a good Samaritan on the scene, the officer was able to hoist the victim into the hands of the other officer who was already on the platform. Then that officer was able to pull the man back onto the platform, while the first officer and the good Samaritan also climbed back onto the platform just before the train pulled into the station. Wow, wow, wow. 
Well, the victim, identified as a 23-year-old Bronx resident, was taken to New York City hospitals. He's in stable condition and obviously thankful to be alive from the fast action of those two great NYPD officers and a good Samaritan who also assisted at the scene. And everybody, you know, today is Veterans Day. Uh, We are celebrating it. It's when they officially do it. But tomorrow is also Veterans Day. It's Veterans Weekend. And you guys know how much I love the veterans. Of course, the U.S. military saved my father in World War II. So I firmly believe that every day should be Veterans Day. And it always is here on the Rita Cosby Show. But especially today, Red Apple Audio Network listeners Support our veterans and their families this Veterans Day by donating to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. All you have to do is go to redappleaudionetworks.com slash T2T, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Do all they can to support the veterans of our great country. So show your support for them this Veterans Day and go to redappleaudionetworks.com slash T2T and donate T number two T and donate again. That's redappleaudionetworks.com slash T2T. Also, by the way, the Red Apple Audio Network is proud to support the Lee Greenwood Concert Experience. My buddy who is proud to be an American. You can't go wrong with Lee Greenwood. It is this Sunday, November 12th, and you can send a veteran and their guest to see Lee Greenwood's All-Star Concert Experience and receive the DVD version for yourself for a $50 contribution. It is incredible. So learn more and support a veteran now at adoptavet.com. That's adoptavet.com. We love honoring our military, and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is top of the batch for doing everything they can. Frank Siller was telling us earlier that just today alone, they gave 50 mortgage-free homes to veterans and first responders, but veterans on this Veterans Day. How beautiful is this organization and the great Frank Siller, who honors his brother every single day. And we are talking about New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Boy, oh boy, uh, are the stakes raising now that the feds seized his phones and his iPad. And it all comes after... They raided the home of his fundraiser, 25-year-old Brianna Suggs, last week. And this week, when Mayor Eric Adams had a press conference, and he took a lot of questions, but of course, at that time, the press had no idea that the feds had actually approached the mayor. They knew, of course, that you know the mayor's chief fundraiser had been approached. Her home was raided. He was on his way to Washington to meet with Joe Biden and other people at the White House to talk about the migrant crisis, which he has been very vocal on. Mayor Eric Adams, to his credit, has been quite vocal, more vocal than most Democrats. We're going to get to maybe what's behind all this in a moment. But at the press conference, of course, the press had no idea that these items had been seized. But here is what he had to say when he was asked about his fundraiser being raided by the feds. She's going to get through this uh, because she followed the rules. She was very clear on what I stated. We must always follow the rules. 
We must always follow the rules. And in a statement put out tonight, they said that they are cooperating, that they have, quote, nothing to hide uh, after the news broke that the mayor himself had been approached. I mean, that's an extraordinary move that a judge would sign off on that. They know the political and public implications of all of this. Well, earlier today, John Katsimatidis and I were talking on Katz and Cosby, 5 o'clock on WABC Radio. If you don't listen to it, you got to listen to it because it is an awesome, awesome show every day. We always have the best guests and the best folks in studio with me and John. And today we had Matt Whitaker, former acting attorney general during President Trump. And we asked him, how big of a deal is this that Mayor Eric Adams was approached by the feds that seized his electronic devices? And was there any political actions behind this move? Take a listen. This is really interesting. Probably a little early to tell, but it's certainly a big step in an investigation when you go to the possible target and take their electronic devices. You know, I I have to just put a footnote here historically that it's uh, it seems interesting it would happen after he uh, started to, you know, take a stand against uh, Joe Biden's immigration policies. But, you know, we were promised that politics has nothing to do with the law enforcement agenda uh, in America. But, you know, sometimes these things are just uh, seem awfully interesting to me. That is a tantalizing comment. He said it seems interesting after the mayor has been outspoken against the White House I wish he was even more outspoken, but he's been more outspoken than most Democrats, at least complaining about the Biden administration's role with an open border and with problems with the migrants. He's been a bit of a thorn in their side to have a mayor of the greatest city in the world, the biggest city, suddenly to be criticizing the president and his policies or lack thereof, I should say. So that's interesting. And it makes me think about Menendez. Menendez, remember, was critical of Joe Biden's policy towards Iran or lack thereof, as we've seen now the results of it with what's happening with Israel and Hezbollah and Hamas. Of course, Iran funding all of those and us just going, uh, don't. That's all we're telling you. Don't hit us. And then they keep hitting us at all these bases. So that's been a big success. But Menendez was a big nemesis of Joe Biden on that pun. And then suddenly, look what happened to Menendez. And now... We know that Eric Adams has been a thorn in Biden's side. And in fact, so much so that as soon as he started criticizing Joe Biden, soon after that, surprise, surprise, like Gomer Pyle, uh, then Biden kicked him off his campaign committee. He was one of the head folks on the reelection for Joe Biden committee. He got kicked off the minute he started criticizing Joe Biden. He didn't like it. There's a lot to criticize, especially about border policies. Boy, oh boy. If he thought that was criticism, that's mild compared to what we do every night here on the show, because his policy has been a disaster. But Joe Biden didn't like that a Democratic high-profile mayor was criticizing him. So I'm throwing it out there. The timing is interesting. And here's a little more of what Matt Whitaker said to that point. Obviously, there are limited resources that federal law enforcement has to focus their investigations. And so You know, we're just going to have to see how significant, uh, you know, the allegations ultimately, if they're brought, come. But, you know, it is uh, still just, again, you know, if you think about how this administration, more than any other administration, seems to be very willing to go after their political enemies and opponents. um, It's it's concerning. So 
Was it a political move that suddenly the feds, you heard what Matt Whitaker, who's an attorney general, said that they just have limited resources. So if they're going to go after somebody, uh, they really have to make sure he believes somebody like the attorney general would have an idea on this type of thing. You don't just send the feds to uh, the most high profile or one of the most, I would say probably the most high profile current sitting mayor uh, in the United States right now who's been critical of you without the attorney general, somebody clearly being aware of it. And so he said it is very interesting. And he believes that politics may have played a big role, that Joe Biden maybe isn't happy that Eric Adams has been vocal against him. Listen to this from Matt Whitaker. This is such a prime example of where politically active people that speak out and speak against this administration are visited, you know, visited by the IRS. They're visited by the FBI. They're, you know, it's again, it, it is just hard to know because we don't know the, all the facts behind this. But this case uh, certainly sends a message to Mr. Adams, Mayor Adams, that you might want to be careful and you might want to just keep housing all those immigrants in those hotels and keep your mouth quiet. So sit out and shut up or the FBI might, quote, visit you. As Matt Whitaker said, so do you think that there's maybe something behind this that maybe the timing of this after he's been so critical of Joe Biden that suddenly this high profile issue comes about and clearly somebody leaked it. It came out to the New York Times today. So clearly somebody's leaking like a sieve to the New York Times going, uh, you may want to find out if uh, these items were seized from New York City Mayor Eric Adams. It didn't come from his office. Maybe Joe Biden's team uh, dropped the lid. Who knows? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Tony, line five. Tony, your thoughts. This is really interesting. What Matt Whitaker said I thought was really uh, interest-peaking. How's that? Pretty stunning. And we've been watching the Biden administration. I I don't always think it's just a Joe Biden thing. I think it's a Democratic Party thing, Rita. I think we've been looking at how this party has building itself up over the past few years, getting maybe more than that, getting all their voters in, getting everything set up just right, getting their policies in place to go where they want to go. And they are not about to be stopped, whoever they is. Let's just say that. Well, you know what? You know what I'm thinking, Tony, too? This is the same uh, administration that was like, oh, you know, we have no idea about that raid in Mar-a-Lago. And then it turns out that it was Joe Biden. Essentially, he himself had to give a waiver through his counsel's office, which, you know, darn well, they asked him to open up the National Archives to that basically precipitated the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Because he could have said, no, 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 executive privilege. And he said, no, 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 there's no executive privilege here. You guys can go look through everything you want. In other words, have at it if you want to go and investigate Trump on anything. So he was clearly uh, tipped off about it. It's the same administration that, you know, when the whole thing happened with Roger Stone, remember, um, suddenly the feds went to Roger Stone's house. And what a surprise. CNN was there at the same time. Isn't that interesting? They just happened to be there. What a coincidence at six in the morning at Roger Stone's house. So, I mean, these there's a lot of things. Uh, what is it? Uh, Navarro. Remember, Peter Navarro stopped at the airport in Atlanta. Cameras happened to be there. God, isn't that interesting? They were near that terminal. They just happened to be there. 
Uh, there are so many things that just look so politically charged and all the stuff that's happening to Trump. Every time it happens, you see like Biden smile like a Cheshire cat. Oh, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Uh, and it is interesting that a couple of the people that have been really vocal against them, the few Democrats, they clearly get a message. Be quiet or else, Tony, your thoughts. My thoughts is that this is really what we were expecting. I mean, we have been watching for three years. Each, there's sort of been an intensity, Rita. Each year, different things are coming up. And now we're going after anyone who's sort of getting in the way of them having their free reign. No one challenged them. For how long on the border were we talking about it? So to think that Eric Adams was told, wait till after the election, he was the one who orchestrated the move of the four mayors to go to, to D.C., in retaliation of what he was told, this has to be the thing that really was the straw that broke the camel's back. He was told to wait until the election was over, and he did not wait. Right. He wasn't a good little boy, right? He didn't follow. And, and it, the timing of it is really interesting, Tony, because the day he is going to the White House to meet with the president to talk about the border and then what a surprise. He lands. They let, they let him get on a plane. He's, he lands in D.C. and then he finds out his chief fundraiser has had a raid from the feds. So somehow he just can't make it to the meeting. Isn't that, you know, and he rushes back. I mean, I mean, the timing just looks really fishy. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, Tony, thank you very much. Let's go to David, Los Angeles, line one. David. First of all, I'll get to the bottom line. To start, then I'll fill in with some details. He's done. The FBI doesn't go after anybody unless they already know it's guilt. They know everything they need to know. Now they just have to get the evidence. It's it's not a fishing expedition. They already know what they know about him. And everybody knows about the corruption. It's just a matter of if you finally pissed off the wrong person, so they go after him. It's like a cop can always get you on anything they want. You know what I mean? And so the FBI, I'm here to let everybody know he's definitely going to be found guilty. The FBI does not go after people unless they already have the answer. Well, now, and by the way, David, to your point, a judge had to sign off on the search warrant. You know, if a judge sees this and says, oh, it's, this is Mayor Eric Adams, uh, you would hope that a judge, even though everybody's treated equal and they should be treated equal, you know a judge is going to go, you're, you're sure about this. That, and he would have to have looked, just as you said, and we talked about it with Errol, he would have to have probable cause to get a search warrant. You don't just kind of go on a, a quote, fishing expedition just to see. Um, so you're right that there is something there that warranted a judge signing off on that because that is a high bar. And you're going to go after the mayor of New York and at least get his devices again there's, he hasn't been charged with anything. Either has this Brianna Suggs yet, you know, the fundraiser person, and he maintains his innocent. But you would imagine it's a high bar. But but the timing does look a little fishy too, given all the stuff. Look at the she's going. He's going down to the White House to finally raise hay, and then stand outside of the White House and say we're not getting enough done, or whatever the case is, and brings other mayors too. And suddenly that day of all days, that morning of all mornings. They go after, you know, Brianna Suggs. Listen, I don't know if they're innocent or guilty or whatever, 
but the timing it just should pique some interest. Coincidences, uh, I don't know. I don't believe them with Joe Biden for for starters. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. are always on time because they knew when Eric Adams was leaving NYU for a speech on Monday, they told his secret, his service detail, it's not secret service, it's service detail, he told them to move aside. So we need to talk to the mayor a little bit and they brought him in the SUV and then they seized his phones with a search warrant as we're talking about. The timing is interesting because it comes as he's been very critical of the Biden administration Obviously, it doesn't look good, that's for sure, after his chief fundraiser was raided. And you don't just go seize a mayor's phone if there's nothing there. I mean, it does look really bad. Where is this headed, guys? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Danny in Dallas. Go ahead, Danny. Hi, Rita. Um, First of all, I don't think anybody really needed to be uh, told by the president to do this raid. Probably people, someone in the Justice Department probably knew this was perfect timing. But by, you know, Adams is going to see Biden. We raid the top uh, fundraiser for him, for Adams, and uh, we get max publicity out of it. I just think um, the country is so loaded with malcontents and, and people who just hate this country. It's it's disgusting. It's 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 infested. It's honeycombed all through the country now. I, I just think people who supported open borders, legal or illegal, should apologize to the people who try to fight it because they're the reason why we are where we are today. It's disgusting. It's outrageous what goes on in the cities of New York. You ain't taking these cities back. They're gone forever. They're going to lie and tell you uh, that, oh, minorities are going to vote for Republicans. That's not true. They're just conditioning you to get to, to accept the invasion of America. And by, the, and by the way, Danny, you know what? You're right there in Texas, so you know you guys are on the front lines. I mean, the sad thing is every city's a border city now. And you're right. I actually sadly agree with you. It is irreversible. When you have suddenly close to 10 million people illegally coming into this country and, you know, and then if you if you talk about it, they say you're racist or whatever. No, we just want them to be vetted. We care about America. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy winning journalist from the White House to war zones telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Sweet. Since when I saw you down on the floor, it's 
tonight, I am happy to report that Columbia University becomes at least, it looks like, the first university to finally take some action against these pro-Palestinian and in many cases pro-Hamas protesters that have just been spewing such horrible hatred toward the Jewish population. Columbia University, which has gotten a lot of heat because they've had a number of individuals there, they've had teachers there, they've had students there uh, doing these protests, tearing down posters. It's really been just horrible. And in the last few hours, Columbia University suspended two pro-Palestinian student groups saying that the groups violated the terms for protests, that there had to be authorized protests. It had to go through a process. So it was organized and controlled. They violated that. And they also said that some of these events that they had contained words that threatened violence. If that's the standard, I guess almost every protest out there is going to have to be shut down because tonight things got awfully heated. There were Thousands upon thousands of them marching down various streets in New York City, so much so that they shut down Grand Central Terminal, which remained closed, and it still is at this hour. There were thousands of protesters that just came to the streets. They shut it down. They also blocked traffic. They were going to bridges. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that they shut down all the traffic at the Brooklyn Bridge. But this is happening in colleges across the country. And now even students at MIT are also speaking out, saying that Jewish students there feel scared because there have been threats to a Jewish center there on campus. Things are getting so heated at these protests. There was a Jewish protest, a pro-Israel, where they were talking, holding up the signs of these hostages that are being held there, praying that they come home, which is obviously a a beautiful and a powerful thought. And this man, who's a 69-year-old man in Ventura, California, outside of L.A., got hit with a megaphone from a pro-Palestinian protester. The guy fell back, and he died. So there's been one death at these protests, and things are getting so emotional, and the vitriol that's coming, especially from the pro-Palestinian slash pro-Hamas side, where they're chanting, you know, death to Israel, tearing down the hostage posters. I mean, this is just downright out of control. And things are going to get a lot worse because this is just the beginning. Now Israel is just like getting into the heart of Gaza. And as we speak, they are hammering the Al-Sifa Hospital, which is the big hospital there in Gaza. And the reason they're hitting that area, they're trying to avoid civilian casualties But the Hamas headquarters is supposed to be below, according to the IDF, right below the hospital. So good old Hamas sets up a hospital on top of their terror network. So the headquarters is below and like this maze of tunnels that are supposed to not just go for 300 linear miles. That's how complex these tunnels are. But they're apparently built on top of each other. Like there's one tunnel, then there's another one below it. Like they do all these things to protect because they know that someone's going to come in with an airstrike at some point and try to take him out. And that's why they also put the hospital on top. So 
this is getting really, really difficult, and tensions are riding high across this country. Take a listen first off, because here is another protest that took place this week, and this one took place in front of the New York Times of all places, because they were critical of the New York Times. The very liberal New York Times somehow was just too far to the right for these people, And the pro-Palestinian protesters got in front of the New York Times. They were spray-painting police cars uh, saying, Death to Israel, uh, start a ceasefire now, Uh, all these things all over police cars, tarnishing it. Where are those people? They better be arrested. By the way, where are the people that put red paint on the White House? Remember on the wall of the White House? You know the White House has videotapes of it. Why haven't they cracked down on them? Are they afraid? President Joe Biden, for political reasons, it is time to start throwing the book at people that are breaking laws. Hate crime is an offense. Hate verbiage, making threats to somebody, that is an offense. Also, defacing a police car, defacing the White House wall, that's an offense. So far, the NYPD has arrested at least two people, two women. One of them threw coffee at a Jewish person. Uh, after the person complained about that person trying to tear down a hostage poster. So a Jewish person came over and said, what are you doing? I mean, these are hostage posters. Please don't rip them up. And then the person, another woman, apparently got mad. You see her on the videotape, and she's throwing coffee at the Jewish person. That's really dangerous, hot coffee. That's scary as heck. And then another case where at a rally, someone ran over and threw the star, grabbed the Star of David off of somebody's necklace, a Jewish protester. So those things where they, like, touch somebody or threw something at somebody, uh, they apparently have been arrested. But I contend some of this horrible vitriol pro-Hamas, where they're spewing Hamas. I mean, I saw an interview today. I couldn't believe it. There was an individual who was asked. It was a guy at one of the protests, and I think it was at this one in front of the New York Times, where the reporter came over and said, you know, what do you think of Hamas? Hamas is a group that is spewing hate. They are killing women and children. They've beheaded kids. They've raped women. I mean, this is terrorism at its finest. And the person actually on camera defended Hamas. I mean, that to me, that person not only should be arrested, they should be in a loony bin. I mean, they should be locked up in a mental institution if they think that there's something noble about somebody like that. That to me is just, it is it is shocking and it is disgusting. But here are some of the protesters yesterday at the New York Times. And listen to this. In Muhammad Lafi. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. In Muhammad Lafi. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. And that was the nicest thing. A lot of them we couldn't play because it was so many F words, you know. It was it's like, it is getting really Really crazy. And so during the debate this week, I'm really happy because President Joe Biden doesn't say anything. In fact, all we heard from Secretary of State Antony Blinken this week was that too many Palestinian lives have been killed. There have been too many deaths. That was the comment he made. And yeah, it would, it's terrible what's happening to the civilian population in the Palestinian territories. They should rise up and go up against Hamas and and join together. I actually think, listen, Hamas is not helping them. They're living high on the hog, these Hamas leaders. They're flying on private jets. You see these pictures of them sipping champagne on private jets. 
outside of the country. Meanwhile, the poor people of Gaza are dealing and being treated as human shields for Hamas. But where are the good Palestinian people speaking out? They need to start speaking out to help get rid of Hamas because they're not doing them any favors. You know, I mean, this is really, really crazy where things have gone. And so Anthony Blinken is like scolding the Israelis every turn. And President Biden says, yes, I support Israel. But then we know he's also been pushing for a three-day-plus ceasefire. He finally got Israel to do a a four-hour-a-day ceasefire. So he's clearly making Israel fight with one hand tied behind its back. So this White House has been really kind of tepid, and I use the phrase mamsy-pamsy, because, boy, have they been, like, all over the place. And every time we get a strike from Syria, uh, from these Iranian proxy groups that come from there or come from Iran or come from Iraq— and go to U.S. bases, we just hit some empty warehouse to say, hey, look what we did. And apparently there's been close to 50 of these strikes on U.S. troops, so we don't do anything. So I am happy that this week we heard from Tim Scott and others that were on that GOP debate stage, and he took it right away to these students, many of them which are protesting tonight at Grand Central Station or protesting in other cities across the country, blocking traffic, spewing hate. And he said, those that are on these sort of temporary visas, get the heck out of America. Listen to what he said. Let me just say to every single university president in America, federal funding is a privilege, not a right. Number one. Number two. To every student who've come to our country on a visa to a college campus, your visa is a privilege, not a right. Number three, any campus that allows for anti-Semitism and hate to allow students to encourage terrorism, mass murder, mass murder and genocide, you should lose your federal funding today, period. To all the students on visas. We're encouraging Jewish genocide. I would deport you from those campuses. We have to stand strong with our Jewish Americans. At the end of the day, we should not have our Jewish students in a library being told to hide on our streets in New York. A Jewish citizen has the right to walk on the streets of America with no fear. Bravo to Tim Scott. And here's also what, obviously, another presidential contender, Ron DeSantis, had to say. And what is Biden doing? Not only is he not helping the Jewish students who are being persecuted, he is launching an initiative to combat so-called Islamophobia. No, it's the anti-Semitism that's spiraling out of control. It's the anti-Semitism spiraling out of control. Let's go to Stan from Forest Hills, line four. Stan? Yes, uh, I heard tonight that uh, Grand Central was closed. Now, you need a permit. If you're going into Grand Central, you need some kind of a permit to have any type of protest. There. What pisses me off is the damn police ain't doing nothing. Nothing. They don't throw them out. They don't do anything. This and that. I mean, I haven't heard nothing about the police. I know you say support the police. What the hell are they doing? They're doing nothing. You know what? You know what? You know what, Stan? You are correct. Now, but but you have to also imagine that they're also given marching orders 
So I'm sure they're probably being told, listen, you've got this huge, massive group of people. Uh, you need to be very careful if you're going to arrest somebody. Only do it if XXX. Try not to, uh, you know, antagonize them because it is a very unruling situation when you suddenly have thousands upon thousands of people. I agree with you. I think they should throw the book at them. And you brought up a great point. You can't suddenly go into a public location, shut down mass transit. Um, the other day, as I mentioned, they blocked the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, that's a mess, too. But you're right. They shut down LIRR. Um, there was the uh, Metro North. All of that. What a disaster to do it. And they're not throwing the book at these people. They should 1,000%. But then you're going to need uh, a jail as big as uh, Yankee Stadium. Because, you know, there were thousands of people that were there suddenly marching. The other point, Stan, too, is the other day, and I brought this up, here is the, they defaced a police car. You know that there's got to be footage, you know, whether it's body cam footage, or I don't know where the cops were at that moment, but there's certainly street cam footage. You just, I'm sure there were street, you know, cameras that were rolling. Where's the footage that shows who did it? Throw the book at them. You know, the White House doesn't do it either, Stan. Somebody threw red paint, like looking like blood. You know, this you have blood on your hands, President Biden. They defaced the White House wall. This are you know the security walls, but those are so monitored. It's probably the most monitored place in the world. They know darn well exactly who did it, where they are. They could get you know uh, imaging easy, uh, connect it, facial recognition. There's no way that like a million people uh, couldn't figure that out in five seconds, and they haven't done it because they don't have the will. And a lot of Democratic leaders are pulling the strings. And you know that city officials probably have said the word to the police all the way up to the police commissioner. Here are the only things I want you to really go after. I only want you to do XXX. Uh, you know, and, and it's a tough situation for police if they cross that line. That's why. And they probably also don't want to incite the crowd because, boy, you don't want suddenly a couple thousand people turning on cops. It's a very hard situation, depending how many cops are actually out there. That's a tough thing to control. But I, I agree with you. They got to start throwing the book at them. By the way, Stan, there's also a town in Canada that on the hostage posters, which is another thing. They are talking about levying. It's in Canada. I wish it was in the United States. I wish it was every town where they're talking about levying a $1,000 fine on anyone who tears down a hostage poster. They're proposing that in this town in Canada. And uh, I think that should be a model for every town across the world. If you tear down a hostage poster, throw the book at that person. It should be a $1,000 fine. Second offense, $10,000. Let's see if they enjoy tearing down that sign. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. We won't forget about you, that is for sure, because you're blocking the roadways and you're shutting down Grand Central Station. 
We're talking about these pro-Palestinian protests where they're shouting death to Israel and cheering on Hamas. And they don't seem to be critical of Hamas in any shape or form. And they seem in many ways to be justifying what happened on October 7th and looking at Israel as the villain. Uh, where What is going on with American education? Because most of these are students. Let's go to Frank in Ontario, line five. Frank, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Love talking to you like like usual. Um, I just can't believe this unruly. And if they're all on visas, I agree with Mr. Scott. Deport them. And uh, it, this is so ridiculous. They, they, they do this here briefly, but it's pretty well controlled. Like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. And, like, it's so sad that these... Democrats now attack each other just to hold on to power, which I'm sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, as far as I've learned, 73% of Americans and Canadians are fed up with this crap, and it's got to stop, and God bless the veterans and Memorial Day and our Remembrance Day tomorrow. Absolutely. The The Lancaster will fly over my house. There's two in the world that fly. One England's got one, and we got one here in Hamilton. Fabulous. I'm sorry we got to go to a break, but I heard that you have one there, too. Wow, wow, wow. God bless America. God bless our veterans, Frank. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. This is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes special edition for Veterans Day. And this is a beautiful story coming from Indianapolis, Indiana, where a national leader with the American Legion, Daniel S. Wheeler, was honored in receiving the Dr. John Morton Finney Award presented by Indiana's Department of Veterans Affairs director and a number of others at the Indiana War Memorial Auditorium, and it took place this week. Veteran Daniel S. Wheeler received the award that was named in honor of a Buffalo soldier who worked as a lawyer until he was 106 years old. Wheeler accepted the award during an evening of commemorations by the Veterans Day Council of Indianapolis that included also the premiere of the film, Hoosier Heroes of the Great War. By the way, Morton Finney was a member of the American Legion Post 249 in Indianapolis. He served in both world wars and he earned, get this, 11 college degrees. He was a longtime educator and a practicing attorney. He's believed to have been the oldest lawyer still handling cases at his retirement. And he was inducted into the National Bar Association Hall of Fame in 1981. He passed away in 1998. And, of course, the recipient who got it, Daniel S. Wheeler, with the American Legion, is an accomplished U.S. Navy veteran who served during the Vietnam War. And I always love doing Support Our Heroes, where we get to honor so many of our great men and women in the military and, of course, their families. And everybody, America's heroes need your help. 
donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, number two, T.org. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. He sustained fatal gunshot wounds after responding to a domestic violence incident, leaving behind his expectant wife and two children. Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. And of course, we are so happy to honor our veterans on Veterans Day today. It's also the Marine Corps birthday. Marines turn 248. Um, one of the great, great military branches and how beautiful that we get to celebrate them and all the branches and all of you who have served and also your families. Because as many of you know, my father was a prisoner of war saved by American troops. And he saw what he thought was the greatest sight in the entire world when he was a starving prisoner of war. He saw these young GIs on the other side of the riverbed. They were American GIs. They pointed to their American flag on the uniform. And that's how my dad knew that he was free. They said, you're free, you're free. Um, and I share that story because it's so important to remind everybody what American military, what the members mean to us, but also what they mean to the world. They mean freedom to the world. And it was the greatest sight in the world to my father. And I can never, ever repay what the U.S. military has done for my family and I think for countless families around the world. So we honor and we salute all of you today and again their families too who also serve so very much. Well, we are talking about the protests because boy are they taking over New York City and everywhere, blocking Grand Central Station, blocking roadways, and this is happening more and more. And much of it is because this White House and others are not clamping down. Listen to what conservative commentator Dave Rubin had to say um, a little bit ago. This is how he described. He said, listen, these protests, especially the pro-Palestinian protests we're talking about, because they are just shouting and many of them spewing hate. Many of them are college students. Uh, a lot of them, by the way, also cover their faces. You know, show your face. If you're going to get out there and like pretend like you're supporting Hamas, uh, show your face. At least have the guts to show your face. You know, but a lot of it is just, it's just disgusting. It really is as they're tearing down hostage posters. And Dave Rubin said he believes that there's not really a lot of difference uh, than the phrase pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas. Listen to this one. I have no problem calling them. These are pro-Hamas rallies, not pro-Palestine rallies, because there is nobody out there who is making a distinction. There is nobody out there with a flag that says free Gaza from Hamas or I'm against beheading babies. No, these people are making it very clear what they are. And they're using all of our freedoms, our free speech and everything else against us. By the way, boy, it would be nice to see some that say free Gaza from Hamas. I haven't seen one of those either, Dave. And boy, it would be great. And he says it is time to throw the book at these protesters that are really crossing the line. 
this is just BLM unmasked. And when I say unmasked, I say it with a bit of irony because most of these people are masking themselves, kafias or with, uh, you know, COVID masks, which is only obviously to hide their identities because they are committing crimes and causing violence and blocking traffic and vandalizing police cars and everything else. Look, all of these people are on video. If these people are not arrested and if we don't find which one of these, which of these people are illegals and deport them, this will continue happening. So these marches, these violent protests, these calls for genocide and all the rest of it, it is going to continue. There, there are not enough good people to stop it. And, and what's really sad about this more than anything else is almost every American knows that this is all BS. They really do. This is BLM, which did not send one black kid to college. It is now completely burst forth as a pro-terrorist organization. He holds nothing back. And boy, who are funding these? We've talked about it. Uh, John Katsimatidis was talking about that he is hearing like 10,000 of them suddenly got $10,000. We're talking about the Hamas terrorists. Now, what about who's funding the protesters getting out there who are spewing all this hate? Is it Soros? There's some word that some of the Soros groups somehow are giving money to this Open Society Foundation, obviously. Open Society Foundation sponsored a lot and played a role with some of the BLM riots. Same group. Are these people getting paid to go out there and protest? Or do they think it's cool? I mean, I mean, is there anybody out there who thinks it's cool what they're doing? I don't. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe. Line two. Joe, your thoughts. Well, really, you saved the best for the last. First of all, First of all, we Marines are the best in the U.S. military, and it's uh, two more years, it'll be 250 years. The bottom line is this, my love. The cops have to get backbone involved, take them into custody. They're spitting on the police. They're firing pyrotechnics. Did you know that a cherry bomb, an M80, a blockbuster, has a fourth or quarter of 25% of a stick of dynamite? It can blast an eye out. It can blast fingers off. That's firearms. They're firing upon the police. Lock them up. Get DNA samples, photographs. The cops used to be proactive. They used to be preventative because this could happen to their own families being assaulted. I agree. But you know what, Joe? You know what's happening is that I'm sure that they are being told, first of all, be careful when you're dealing with a huge group. You don't want this, uh, you know, this massive group to turn on you. That's one. And I'm sure that there are officials. I mean, Clearly, they're getting a message, at least in some of these Democratic-led cities, uh, go easy on these people. Maybe they'll just kind of calm down. And instead, they seem to be going up, 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 up. And, uh, Joe, you know I love the Marines, and I know you're a veteran. And listen, we love you. We appreciate your service. And you know how much I love the military. And uh, God bless you, Joe. Thank you for calling today. Uh, let's go to Norm, by the way, line three. Uh, Norm, I know you got a message for Veterans Day, which I love. Reed, uh, listen, if you'll indulge me, I'd like to give the following Veterans Day shout-outs. Some are acquaintances, some friends, and some family. Thank you, Melissa Skalkin, Sergeant, United States Marine Corps, currently deployed at the Okinawa Air Base. Thank you, Billy Cook, Private, United States Army, Korean War. Thank you, Franco Chiagrosso, United States Marine Corps, Korean War. Thank you, William Saloni, radio man, third class, United States Navy, Vietnam War. Thank you, brothers, Anthony, Giuliani, 
Corporal, United States Marine Corps, 1982 to 1985, and Louis Giuliani, First Sergeant, United States Army, 1977 to 2020. And finally, thank you to my late parents, Private First Class, Paula Mirsan Ross, Women's Army Corps, World War II, and my father, Sergeant Jack Ross, United States Army, World War II. To all veterans for your service now and in our past, thank you for keeping us free. Wow, beautiful. Norm, and thank you, too, for honoring all of those people and uh, recognizing your family and obviously your family's great, great storied history in the military. Uh, that's why we love and appreciate you. You are such a patriot and great lover of this country. And obviously it comes from your great roots. Uh, happy Veterans Day, Norm, to your family. And especially I love that you're, you're talking about your parents, too. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Dom. Line four, Dom. Yeah, Rita, you know, you are a hot commodity on radio. So I suggest you call your sponsors, have them double your commission. <laughs> are you going to be my agent and, and broker this deal? Because if that's the case, we're going to have to do triple because you'll get a third. OK, <laughs> you got it. You know, I you know, I, I just counted. This is my 201st attempt to get to you tonight. <laughs> well, well, that's good. Listen, the 201st is always the lucky charm. You know that. You got it. You know, happy Veterans Day, Rita, and my heartfelt salute to all of you uh, veterans for protecting the freedom of even the riffraff, you know, demonstrating in front of the New York Times and all over the country. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the freedom of speech, although it's undeserved for some of the people who are not responsibly using it. You know, so, you know, by the way, Dom, I'm glad you reminded uh, us of all of that. I think it is so important on Veterans Day because you're right. Uh, they were out there fighting for our freedoms and for the right for us to speak out. And if those people spewed the kind of hate that some of them are doing or block the bridges, can you imagine if they tried that in Gaza right now? Uh, they would uh, end up as mincemeat. I mean, in any of these countries, you go to Iran can you imagine going to Iran and spewing hate, uh, anti-Iranian, going after the mullahs of Iran right now? Sadly, they would last a few minutes. I mean, uh, they execute, they've been executing women that have been doing these protests because a lot of women have been doing the protests over the hijab over there in Iran. They've been killing the women. They don't kill, they don't care if you protest. So those people should kiss the ground that they live in the greatest country in the world and that veterans, that so many people died and fought for their freedom so they could express themselves. And yet they go out there and they trash America. They would last five seconds in some of these other countries. And some of these that are out there praising Gaza, shame on them. They would last literally three seconds out there. You go in front of Hamas. Once you stand in front of Hamas and criticize Hamas for two seconds, see how long you last. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I just wanted to say that heartfelt thank you all to all the veterans to support these idiots. Uh, anyway, freedom of speech. Reagan's, you know, Reagan's doctrine was uh, peace through strength. Trump's doctrine, doctrine was peace through leave us alone or else we will Soleimani you. That's all he needed to do. And Biden's doctrine seems to be please don't go through sucking up from the river to the sea. That's what he's doing. So 
we should we should probably invite Xi Jinping to the southern border so he can clean it up, just like he's getting hair gel Newsom to clean up San Francisco. <laughs> I love, by the way, I love the hair gel Newsom. That's a good line, Dom. You are terrific. Thanks, my friend, and happy Veterans Day. Thank you, thank you. Uh, let's go to uh, first to Robert on line one in Philly. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. It's good to talk to you, and I appreciate uh, the um, regards from Norm and Dom. It was our pleasure, and happy Veterans Day to my brothers and sisters in arms out there and one who's personally close out there right now. Um, It was very funny to listen to Stan, a lifelong Democrat and a Biden voter, complain about cops not doing anything. That was my laugh for tonight. Um, Everything going on right now at these protests is because the Democrats look at everything through a political lens. If it's not wearing a MAGA hat, they don't know what to do or how to play it. And now two factions within their party are going to war, and these idiots, one, anti-Semitism is at an all-time high, are talking about Islamophobia, and they're funding Gaza without a problem, but any funding for um, Israel has to be tied to funding for Ukraine, which is increasingly unpopular because he wants to protect his Democrats from voting for a straight-up aid to Israel. It's disgusting, and we're paying the price because these corrupt idiots are doing this all the time, and it makes me very angry, okay? But I just wanted to get that off my chest, and I appreciate it, and I hope all of you have a good weekend. And like I said, happy Veterans Day to my brothers and sisters in arms out there. Absolutely. And Robert, you too, my friend. Thank you. I love your thoughts. We're going to continue, everybody, with your calls after the break on this Veterans Day where those protesters should kiss the ground that they live in America and that people have fought and died for the freedoms for them to express themselves, even though, boy, are they crossing the line. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And Grand Central Station, uh, wow, they shut it down. The pro-Palestinian protesters started around 5 o'clock at Columbus Circle, where all the shops are. Thousands of them marched through the streets. Then they went to the New York Times building again, and we're told that they vandalized the front with red tint. So are they arrested for vandalizing? They vandalized police cars in front of the New York Times building. Then they marched to Grand Central, where they disrupted service on the Long Island Railroad and the Metro North, which means that thousands upon thousands of individuals who take those services had their night disrupted by these protesters spewing hate. When are we going to throw the book at these people and clamp down? Because it's getting worse and worse. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike. In Myrtle Beach, line five. Mike, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, uh, I'll tell you what. It's great to follow up the last four callers, five callers, about Veterans Day. And I'll tell you, um, I know you're short on time, but you know what, Rita? Um, Eric Adams, I'll say this real quick. Eric Adams, you're a one-term, less than one-term mayor. You're a liar. You're a scam artist. And, you know, when you refer to some people – and I heard it on Curtis's show, and Curtis is on the on-deck circle. We're the same age, you know? 
and don't, don't refer to certain people as crackers and, and whatever. You're, you're a sleazebag, and you're going to get, you know, indicted with, with uh, your, you know, fundraising of BS. And, and, by, and by, the, by the way, Mike, um, you know, you're right. When he made those comments, I remember on the video, I didn't like it. I agree with you. Um, and there has to be something for the judge to sign a search warrant. So, boy, let's see where it goes, Mike. Uh, but, boy, uh, that's a huge deal for the mayor to have his phone seized. Um, and it certainly opens a lot of questions tonight. Uh, the timing, you know, who knows what the politics are, but... Yeah, there's definitely something there. A judge just doesn't go, hey, we'll uh, go after the mayor of New York City. So let's see where it's going. Mike, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you, my friend. Let's go to Rich. Real quick, line three. Well, Rita, uh, I'm wondering how many uh, of these protesters are, uh, you know, Antifa and BLM. And also one quick thought that today is still November 10th is the 248th anniversary of the United States Marine Corps. Absolutely. By the way, by the way, earlier today we were playing the Marine Corps, uh, you know, Halls of Montezuma. Uh, So we know it well, and I I love it that uh, the Marines are so awesome. So thank you for that reminder. Uh, We know it and we love it all too well. Uh, Let's go to Larry, line four. Larry, your thoughts. Thank you, Rita. As much as the Main Street media does not give time to these protesters. I really don't have anything to say to them, but you mentioned something about kissing the ground. I think they should be kissing something else that they're put on this earth to do, uh, and that's to enjoy life. You and I have something in common where your dad was a prisoner of war, and my dad was a World War II prisoner of war also. Oh, wow. Uh, He was in in Shubin, Poland with the O-Flag 64, and... After the war was over, a lot of the friends, and they were all great, great soldiers. They want to get home and raise a lot of hell, where my dad would always say, I want to get home and raise just a family and enjoy life. And your book is sensational. I just started reading it, and all the best. And if you have a follow-up, I'd like to know more about how to go about turning my dad's journal into a book where I think people would enjoy another prisoner of war story where it's not told say in a movie or or somewhere else. By the way, Larry, you do have to share. You have to share that story. Stay on and I'm going to get your information, okay? Um, my uh, my great producer here is going to get your number, so you stay on if you could. And um Larry, by the way, kudos to your dad. Um you brought up the fact that your dad was in a camp there in Poland, obviously a Nazi camp, Germany controlling Poland at the time. It certainly wasn't a Polish camp. Um, But I want you to know how much uh, we love and appreciate your family service. And God bless America. God bless our veterans.